Welcome friends, my name is Jonathan Reeder and I am the Community Life Pastor here at Friends Church in Orange. And we are so glad that you are checking out this message today. We hope that you find inspiration for your spiritual journey wherever you're at on that journey. We're just glad that you're here today. If you wanna find out ways to get connected here at Friends and be a part of our community, you can just check all that out on the website that you're on right now. Find out how you can be a part of what is happening here at Friends. We hope you enjoy this message and we hope that God blesses you through what you hear. Good morning. Good to see you guys. My name is Kyle. I get to be the lead pastor of this campus of uh, Friends Church, and we are honored you guys are with us as we jump into our All Things New series. How many of you, uh, a few years ago, how many of you guys remember COVID? <laughs> Anyone? We're coming up on the three-year anniversary uh, of COVID, if you can believe it. I remember that, the empty shelves, no toilet paper, no paper towels, no water, empty roads. That was nice. Right? Probably lots of us would like to go back there uh, some days at this point. But all of what that created uh, in terms of the questions and the desperation, and it doesn't take long to remember, you know, just the loneliness and the pain and the isolation and even the fear that started to settle in. And you know what we needed? We needed good news. We needed some good news to invade this world, invade our lives, and we got it. Do you guys remember this? Some good news with John Krasinski? Anyone remember some good, right? He just said, you know what? The world needs good news and I'm going to bring it. And he just started filming this show in his house, which so many people did. Um, you can tell his kids made the, uh, the logo there behind him, which was fantastic. And that's where it started. Just him and his family and kids, they would tell jokes and share stories. And then pretty soon he'd start bringing his friends on and they would just tell these encouraging things and help us laugh. And then they started actually reaching out and doing these amazing things where they would give gifts and they'd surprise people. And it literally, this good news just became kindness in action. And it was fantastic. And I was thinking, oh, we needed that so much then. It's a good thing we don't need any good news today. <laughs> you know, because the world is so much steadier. Inflation is down to almost nothing. Anybody get a gas bill recently? Thank you. What is happening? It's crazy town, right? So all of a sudden you see, you know, the world that we live in, while there was this universal experience that we all had of COVID, pretty much every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year, there's just so much pain and confusion and questions that we run into where we're longing for good news. We need hope. You know, every single week uh, as, a, as a husband and pastor and, and friend, I hear stories. I hear your stories of the phone calls you get from family members that are walking into painful circumstances or maybe there's health con conditions that don't have answers and the doctors are confused. There's a desperation maybe around finances or jobs or relationships that seem to be pulling apart. And really, it's like, I need good news. I need hope. I need kindness. I need compassion. I need something to be introduced into this life, into my life, so that this world becomes possible. And that's why I'm so glad that you guys are here today. As we continue in this All Things New series, we've been looking at how do you bring renewal into the ruin of our lives, right? Our lives in this world around us. And we're looking back at the early church, the first church in Acts, and we're looking at the rhythms that they established to make sure they could continue to walk in the good news that Jesus provided. 
And so for us, there's a way that we sort of summarize that as a church. It's our mission statement. You'll see it on the screen. Why don't we just read this out loud together so we get started? Becoming a community of authentic Christ followers compelled to change our world. That's our summary sort of 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 Acts chapter 2. And you see values that get pulled out of that that we've been talking about. The first one a couple weeks ago, we talked about gathering, how important it was to be together and to gather. And I just want to celebrate and congratulate you guys. You are nailing this one. You're here today, which is great. You've already done it. And Emily was talking about how important it is for us to be together. Like every week we have to remember who God is. We have to sing the truth of who he is and what's available to us in a relationship with him back into our lives. We need to look at one another to be encouraged, to smile, to say hello, to make sure we can get through this week. That's why we gather. Last week, if you were here, Jonathan, we talked about grow and how even if we came every single week, an hour on Sundays would never be enough to experience the full life that God designed for us. We need to break this down into into smaller groups called life groups together where we get to see one another, we get to ask deeper questions, we get to wrestle and become everything God created us to be. Find the encouragement and that kindness in action that when we hit desperate circumstances, there are people that see us and that know us and that can walk with us through them. That's why it's important that we grow together. That's why we do Alpha. That's why we invite you into that journey, starting to discover that. And so today, we've gone through Gather and Grow, so today we're gonna talk about the next one, which is Go. What does it mean to go? You're probably thinking, where are we going to go? I love trips. Let's go, Kyle. Where are we headed? I'm so glad you asked. We're going to talk about where we go, why we would want to go, what we go with, what are we bringing on this trip into the world around us. And when we finish today, you're going to know exactly the answer to all those questions. Why is this an important value? How you see it expressed, not just in the early church, all through the Bible, but through our community And you will have practical ways to actually step into bringing good news, not just into your own life, but into the lives of people around you and into this world. So I want to invite you guys, if you brought your Bible, grab your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. Uh, Digital Bible is great. If you need a Bible, we say this often, there's always Bibles in this back corner, in our connection corner. Would love for you to have a Bible. I love that you guys have started bringing your Bibles. I know this because I've gotten some feedback at the door. You're like, Kyle, you tell me to turn in my Bible, and then you don't give me enough time to find the passage. Can you slow it down a little bit? So it's like I'm just buying some time, helping everybody find Romans 10. Uh, But I love that because you get a chance to circle things, underline things, just write what God is saying to you today. So Romans chapter 10, we got to remember up to this point, Paul, of course, writes the book of Romans. And he's writing it in everything in Romans 10 up to this point. He's talking about this passion where he wants everyone to know God. He wants them to remember like you can have a relationship with him through Jesus and and all of the hope and the wonder and the beauty and the benefits of what that looks like. And so then he writes this in Romans 10, starting in verse 11. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and he richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul, you see, right, writing to the church in that first century, you can see that the world isn't much different than our world today. It's a world that is desperate and was desperate for good news. 
And we understand some context about the good news that they were searching for. We understand that the political tension that existed in that day, it was oppressive because of the systems that were involved. We know that taxes for everyone started at 40% and went up from there. We're 60% or higher. So inflation was crazy town. We know that the hatred and the violence and the tribalism associated with all of those things created massive chasms in the people in this day. And we see this. You can see that there were people that needed to be saved as part of all this church. You see that there was a divided church even. Jesus came to unify everybody and said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. But even the church, the Jews and the Gentiles, right? We're having a hard time figuring out what does that mean to be together in Christ now beyond this. It's a good thing, right? The church can all get along so well today. Isn't that nice? Kind of a little sarcasm there for you, right? But this is why we've always had these threads about what it means to to believe in Jesus and follow him together. These threads have always existed, these tensions. And that's all Paul's acknowledging. So he's acknowledging this, and then Paul becomes essentially the John Krasinski of the first century. He gives them some good news. He's like, I got good news. Remember Jesus. Like for many of these people, they would have heard the message of Jesus. For us, we get to read this message of Jesus. But he's saying, look, remember He's trust, you can depend on him. He's reliable. You're never gonna be put to shame. You'll be blessed if you can just trust and believe in this good news, right? If you believe this good news. And then he tells us, he reminds us why this is good news. And he says, you remember, you guys remember you used to hear the message of Jesus. Then when he showed up, he said, there's a different way. There's a new kingdom that's infiltrating this world that's present today. It's a kingdom of forgiveness, a kingdom of hope, a kingdom of joy, a kingdom of wonder, a kingdom of relationships and possibility. Jesus introduced it, all these things. But you remember it wasn't just his message. It wasn't just his words. It was also his actions. It was his ministry. Remember how he would constantly demonstrate all of these things through his power. He would bring healing into people's lives physically and spiritually. He would forgive sins, give them freedom and a sense of hope. Remember how he taught us and showed us what relationships look like, and then he lived that out. Remember how he would move with compassion towards people that were so far and so distant, the people on the fringe of society that no one paid attention to. Remember that message and that ministry that unfolded through Jesus. Remember that? Like, that's the good news. And remember, all that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. At work within him. Remember, and that's all Paul's saying. Remember this good news of Jesus. Remember the inclusivity of Jesus. Right? He starts to remember anyone who believes, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. Remember, anyone and everyone is invited to, to believe this good news. But then he also talks about the exclusivity of Jesus. And he says, remember that Jesus is the only good news. There are lots of good things in this world that you believe will give you life, that we think will give us hope, that we think can hold us through life's most desperate moments or biggest questions. And they're the same things today that they were in Paul's world. It's resources, it's money, it's finances, it's power, influence, relationships, whatever gives us the emotional hit just to get through the day maybe even just numb the pain that exists in the world. He goes, those those are good things, but they're they're not the good news. 
Only Jesus is the good news. Only Jesus is the good news. Only Jesus can answer the deepest questions in life. Only Jesus can hold you. Only Jesus can give you the wisdom and comfort you long for. Only Jesus can take all of that brokenness and all of that sin and all the weight of all that damage in your life. Only Jesus died on the cross to pay for that. Only Jesus is actually resurrected from the dead to demonstrate his power over all the evil in this world. Only Jesus. And that's what he said. He's basically saying, do you remember the good news? You gotta believe the good news if you're gonna bring that into the world. And so I think the first question you gotta ask yourself around this value of, of go and, and bringing good news is, do you believe the good news? Have you received the good news in your life? Have you trusted your life exclusively to Jesus Christ? Or are you still settling for some good things maybe in this world to answer those questions? I'm gonna give you a chance later just to answer that question. What do you believe about the good news? But it's interesting because as Paul, he finishes writing this passage and you can imagine him writing like, oh, this is the good news. This is Jesus. Anyone, everyone can be saved and blessed and have this life available through him. And then he writes this in verse 14. And he says, how then can they call on the one that they haven't believed in? And how can they believe in the one that they haven't heard about? And how can they hear about him without somebody preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're actually sent? It's almost like, Paul, you imagine, here's like this little parenthesis right in the middle of this passage about this good news of Jesus and believe this good news and this is what we're gonna take into the world and this is gonna answer life's biggest questions. And he's like, but wait a second. You can almost feel him like, just stop and go, but, but wait a minute. How, how are they gonna know? If, how are they gonna know if they don't believe? And if, how can they believe if they don't hear? And how can they hear if somebody doesn't tell them? And wait a minute, who's gonna tell them if, if we don't do what? Go. He's like, we gotta go. We gotta share this good news. We have to be this good news. We have to bring this good news into the world because you can go, wait a second, Jesus isn't here anymore. So who's gonna do this? And he's like, we are. And it's almost like he's like, God's strategy for bringing the good news into the world today is, it's us. That's it. And you're like, really? That's as good as it? Yes, wow. It's like, it's us. Broken, weak, damaged, wrestling, hurting, painful. And God's like, I know, you're perfect for the job. That's what he's saying. And that, you can see Paul, he's like, we gotta go. And his mind in this moment must have drifted back, right? To that passage in the Old Testament where he says, as it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, his mind must have gone, wait a second, that's right. This is what God had planned. This is what he designed. This is speaking of Jesus as he comes and introduces this kingdom into the world of good news. But now it's representative of the people that believe the good news. You've got to bring the good news. And there's this great promise there, right? About what does it mean to be beautiful and bring good news? We've got to bring good news. The good news of Jesus. And so the question is, is okay, great. That's our calling. That's our invitation. That's what we're saying is you got to believe and then bring this good news. But how does that happen? I mean, they ask, how do we do this? What does this look like? Well, how did Jesus do it? With a message and with a ministry. Remember, he was constantly speaking 
about the good news. And our words matter. What we say, how we say it, the tone of voice that we're using, our texts and our emails, every conversation. Are you bringing good news? Are you encouraging and are you kind and are you compassionate? Because that was the heart of Jesus. Are you bringing grace and truth? Are you inviting people and turning them back to something bigger than what they may settle for in this world? Because that's what Jesus did with his words. But remember, it wasn't just his words. It was also his actions. It was his ministry. And that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to act and, and be Jesus to people in the same way. Empowered by what? The same spirit that Jesus was empowered by. That's what he says. I know this is going to feel overwhelming to you, but don't worry. You're not doing it on your own. You're not doing it on your own power. You're not doing it on your own strength. You're doing it by the same power and the same spirit that empowered Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And he'll give you the words you need at just the right time. And he will even reshape your thinking and your heart and your desire to even pursue compassion and kindness and love and generosity. These things that don't come naturally to us as human beings. But they begin to over time as we bring the good news of Jesus. And so let me just ask you a question, right? So words and actions. Which one do you think speaks louder to the world? Anybody say words? Actions? Most people? Some people are like, I don't know. I'm not raising my hand. I don't care what you ask. It's great. But I think most of us can agree Actions speak louder than words. I think all of us know this is true. I know this is true in my marriage. I know that almost 25 years ago now, I said, I do, and I love you, and I will always love you to my wife. And I know that my actions every day are either reinforcing that truth or they're not. And they have mattered over time. I know the same thing's true with my kids. I could say something, but then what happens is they're going to pay attention to what do I actually live out over time with them. I know the same thing's true with you guys. You sit here and you might listen to me and go, that's interesting, Kyle, but I know what you're going to do. You're going to watch my life and you're going to pay attention to how I live. And if that doesn't line up with what I say, you're not going to care and you're going to go out these doors and find another spectacular church in Orange County. You see, actions are powerful because they speak. And we know this over time, and Paul knew this even in that day. Jesus clearly knew that. And there's a quote that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, familiar for all of us. It says this, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. We have a lot to say about who Jesus is with the good news. But you know what's most powerful to people? How we live. And what our actions look like as we lived out. And why would we even want to bring this good news? Because we live in a world obsessed with beauty. And remember how beautiful are the feet of the people who do what? Bring good news. You want to be beautiful? Bring good news. You want to be beautiful? Become more kind and compassionate. You want to be beautiful? 
Be forgiving and loving and gentle. Do you want to be beautiful? Be generous. You want to be beautiful? This is it. And do you want to bring beauty into the world? It's those same things. This is the way we bring beauty, and this is the way we become more beautiful. It's by living this out. And this is true, and you know how I know it's true? Just look around you. Go ahead, look around. Just look around. Look around. I know what you see. What do you see? Beauty. These are the most beautiful people you've ever seen in your life. You're like, this is incredible, right? Because you're looking at a bunch of people that are generous and kind and compassionate. And it's unbelievable and remarkable what God has done in and through this church and through these people that have chosen to step out with grace and kindness and compassion and forgiveness. And so we know what's beautiful. These things lived out in the world. When we get to see hope and joy and laughter, when we get to see kindness in action, it's beautiful. จะได้อะไรถ้าเขาทำแบบนี้ทุกวันจะไม่ได้อะไรเลยไม่ได้รวยขึ้นไม่ได้ออกทีวีไม่มีใครรู้จักไม่ได้มีชื่อเสียงที่มากขึ้นสิ่งที่เขาได้คือได้แค่ความรู้สึกได้เห็นความสุขได้เข้าใจได้ความรักในสิ่งที่เงินซื้อไม่ได้ได้โลกที่สวยงามกว่าเดิมในชีวิตคุณอะไรคือสิ่งที่คุณต้องการมากที่สุด
I love this video so much. It's so, so good um, because it addresses, you know, what Kyle was saying, we are the good news, but it also addresses why it's hard to be the good news and what happens to us when we give the good news, that it's not always easy, that it's sometimes really painful. So that's what I'm here to talk with you about. I'm talking to you guys about the hard parts of being the good news, but why we still have to do it. Um, I love it so much because one of the things that I have found in being in this business, um, the church business, is that there's a lot of pain when you give to others. Um, it's hard because it's, it's a failure sport in many ways. And it's a failure sport because we, like Kyle said, we are failures. We are sinners. And so we, we um, sometimes don't give the best and sometimes we don't get the best. And you know what else is like that? I have to. I have to use a sports analogy. You know what else is like that? It's baseball, right? Right? Baseball is known to be a failure sport. Baseball is so hard. I mean, you have this little tiny stick, and sometimes the balls are coming at you at over 100 miles per hour, and they say that even the pros fail 70% of the time. They fail 70% of the time because it's so, so hard. That's why home runs are so fun, and that's why so many people enjoy and scream and yell and go to the games, because when success happens, it's worthy of cheering up. And it's like that in life. Life is a failure sport, and humans, as, we, as I just said, we are failures. We are sinners. People in a lot of pain. And, and with pain, we hurt people, all of us. And that is why we are so desperate for a savior, desperate for some good news. We all have different levels of pain, trauma that causes us to do things and act certain ways. We all do it. I do it. And just because you've had some failures of your own or you've tried to do good and serve others and you've struck out, it doesn't mean you should stop. It actually is why you have to keep going, why you have to keep swinging. Because the good news was worth dying for. Our God died for the good news. And the miracle is just about to happen. And there is an enemy who hates you and he does not want you to experience that, and so he'll do everything he can to deter you from experiencing um, the miracle. And the best person that knows about it is Paul. Like Kyle was saying, Paul is one of my favorite um, people in the Bible. I love his story so much because he's so raw, he's so honest, and he's so vulnerable. He is always talking about how hard it is to share and be the good news. In Romans 7, 18 through 19, it says this, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I do. And this is what I keep on doing. So he's literally saying, as Paul, I always fail, but I always keep on trying. I love his vulnerability. He's not sinless. He wants to do good, but he sometimes fails. And did you know, before Paul even came to know Jesus um, and became passionate about telling the good news and being the good news, he was actually murdering the good news. He was actually killing Christians. 
Um, and so I want to show just kind of a lighthearted version of this. Um, one, because it's my favorite movie and because I want you to see a clip from it because it's fun. But this is a modern day Paul. It's Steve Carell in, in a movie and he basically is this character who has experienced a lot of pain like Paul. Um, and he's come to, because of the pain in his life, he lost his wife and he's raising teenage daughters pretty hard. Anyways, all by himself. And because of this pain, he is just so angry at love that he just can't handle it when his teenage daughter falls in love. So this is a clip of a modern day Paul. Howard is going to drive you to the bus. We called your aunt. She'll be waiting for you in Boston. Yes, sir. Look, I'm not your parent, but I think you should know love is a dangerous feeling. No, sir. Are you arguing with me? No, I'm... It's just... El amor no es un sentimiento, es una habilidad. Love is not a feeling, it's an ability. Who told you that? Made it up, Mr. Burns. Come say goodbye. Window. I miss you okay, so much, Dad. She'll see him again soon enough. That's sweet. What's sweet? How? How's that sweet? To be that certain to feel so much love. Love isn't a feeling. No. Well, if that's true, you you have one gifted daughter. I don't know, just fun to show that, right? I was very lighthearted um, moment there, Steve Carell. But I obviously, um, like Paul, he wasn't murdering Christians, but he was murdering love. Um, such a great scene. But why I love it so much is because you know that we do that too. Because of pain in our life, we want to murder love, we want to take away the joy, or we just hide ourselves from it. Um, one of the times, I mean, I just, I know that because I do that too. I tend to, in my own pain, be afraid or because I've been hurt, I put a lot of walls up. I don't know if you have ever experienced that where maybe you've tried to help somebody and they've betrayed you or they've hurt you or you've tried to serve somebody and it just didn't turn out how you want. And so you just will find a way to be maybe critical, maybe hurtful, or maybe judge somebody for doing certain things. And that's why that very first video, you see all the shake of the heads, like it's not going to matter. Maybe because they tried. They tried to help somebody and it didn't turn out how they wanted. I understand it, I do the same things, I put up the walls, I sometimes stop swinging. But then I have to be reminded, just like Paul, just like these moments that we are constantly growing as people, and even when we receive Christ, when he enters into our life and we get the gift of the Holy Spirit, he's still changing us and wanting us to grow. He's still working on those parts of us, and he gives us those opportunities to serve others because it's those times where we actually get faced with what those pains are, and we get the opportunity to say, am I going to choose to keep swinging, to keep going at this? It might hurt. It might be painful, or I'm gonna get, am I going to give up? And it's so worth continuing on because we grow as people. 
And we also get to relate to our father who literally died. He was the most betrayed. He was the most spit on, abused, uh, pushed off, and seen as an insulted, and yet he kept going for our sake. And so isn't it just so important that we don't give up, that we keep on swinging? Because like Kyle said, we are the good news. We are the hope of the world. We are the ones that get to take Jesus, who's inside us, and we get to say, let's go. Let's go be the good news. And we will get rejected. We will be laughed at. The thing that we give might be just thrown directly right into the trash, but it's still worth it because that's what God calls us to. That's what he says to keep doing, to keep on swinging, to keep on going, because that's also when we get to be like Jesus. We get to feel the pains, a little tiny bit of what he felt. And so we must keep going. We must keep going because home runs are just about to be seen. And the good stories, the little good news that we do get has to be shared too because it's also what keeps us going. It keeps us continuing on to be the good news. One of the people that I admire a lot was Mother Teresa. And she says this, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind... People may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you'll win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it's between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. In a moment, um, I'm going to give everyone a, a tangible opportunity to bring good news into this world. But before we do that, I just want to pause and I want to give you a chance to live out what we've been talking about and even what Mother Teresa said, which is give you a moment between you and God. And so if you would, just close your eyes and bow your heads and I invite you to do that just to kind of eliminate distraction and just to listen for a moment to what he's been saying to you today. And for some of you, maybe today's the day you need to believe the good news. Maybe you've been settling for good things or looking for good things in this world to provide the foundation of life and hope and forgiveness and kindness and all those things are going to come up empty, but Jesus never will. So I want to just invite you, if that's you, and today's the day you want to believe the good news, believe that you need good news, believe that Jesus came as God's son, believe that Jesus came to die for your sin, believe that Jesus rose from the dead to demonstrate power over evil and darkness and desperation and believe that you can't be good news on your own. If that's you, I just want to 
invite you wherever you are just to raise your hand so we can pray with you, pray for you. Yeah. Anyone else? I can ask you to do more than that. Just raise your hand wherever you're at. So, Father, today you see. You see these people surrendering and trusting you, believing in you to be the good news in their life. Would you fill them with your spirit, the same spirit that empowered and raised Jesus from the dead? Would you aim their life, God, that they might receive the fullness of your good news and bring good news into this world? And for all of us, God, would you help us to be humble and courageous enough to continue to to bring good news in and through our lives by the power of your spirit into this world. Just make us willing to bring good news 